We need to be careful to listen. You can't say, well, you didn't tell me. Yeah, he told you. And what did you do? You didn't listen. You didn't obey what God said. And Paul was very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Luke became very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Timothy became very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And wherever they went, the Holy Spirit led them. The Holy Spirit spoke. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We're so glad to have you with us today. Returning to the book of Acts, Roll will examine the Apostle Paul's habit of listening for the Holy Spirit to guide his ministry efforts. You'll see that when you walk in step with God's Spirit rather than forging your own path, your work will be fruitful and will bring glory to God. We'll learn how to wait on the Lord's leading as we serve in His name. Let's listen as Raul Reese begins today's lesson from the book of Acts, chapter 16. Paul here is leaving his hometown now, which is Tarsus, and he's coming through Cilicia, the gates of Cilicia, to pass about 80 miles now where he's coming. He says, and then he came to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy. Now, this is Timothy. The one that will become also his disciple. He's young, and he talks a lot about him in the New Testament, especially in his epistles. But Timothy had a Greek father, and he had a Jewish mother, which is cool. You'll see the moment here. And his dad was dead now, but his mom was alive. He, his grandmother, and his mom led him to the Lord and taught him about the Lord. I love that. A grandmother and a mother. And here now is a real story of a faithful disciple. A faithful disciple. The making of a true disciple of Jesus Christ, Timothy. Look what it says. He says, there was a name Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed. She was a believer. But his father was a Greek and he was dead already. He had been saved under Paul's ministry. He goes on to savers too. And he, Timothy, was well spoken of by the brethren who were in Lystra and Iconium. Now, what is your testimony? Timothy had a great testimony. What do people say about you in your neighborhood, at the job, where you play, wherever you go? How do they know who you are? Do they know you're a Christian? What's your behavior like when they see you? Look what God has done in your life, sitting here tonight, reading, studying God's word. Asking God to speak to us individually, privately. God, what do you want to do in my life? And Paul was so straight. You know, as Paul sees Timothy, he's just overwhelmed because now he has another partner to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here is Luke, verse 3. And Paul wanted to have Timothy go with him. And he took him. And circumcised, and remember, he was father was a Gentile, his mother was a Jew, but he never been circumcised. In order to be a Jew, you had to be circumcised even to the present time. 
And Paul wanted him to go with him, and he took him to circumcise him because of the Jews who were in the region, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. And then check this out, verse 4. And as they went through the cities, notice, they delivered to them the decree or the opinions of judgments to keep which they determined by the apostles and elders of Jerusalem. They're on a missionary tour. Verse 5, look what he says. So the churches were strengthened. Notice, why was he going around strengthening the churches with who? With the gospel. Look, so the churches were strengthened in their faith and increased in numbers. The church was growing daily. We don't see that today. I used to see that in the Jesus People Movement. We don't see that today. The church was growing daily. People were getting saved every day, and they were filtering into a church. Those days, they didn't have churches like ours. They met in homes, or they went out to the synagogue. But here he says what? They were strengthened. Paul went around strengthening these people in their faith, in their faith, and increase in numbers daily. They keep increasing and increasing and increasing in their missionary work. And then, you notice here in verse 6 through 11 here, we have that forbidden area here. And now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. I love how the Lord works. Look, there are times the Holy Spirit says, don't do it. You don't have to be a preacher or a teacher. It's for every Christian here. We better listen to the Holy Spirit when he says, don't do it. If you do, you're going to get hurt. Look what he says. He says they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. It was a Roman province here in Asia, west of the Asia Minor. You know what's cool? I was reading that here. The Holy Spirit is doing what he's warning The Holy Spirit warns each one of us individually. Which shows what? God's in control. You're not in control. He's in control. Verse 7. And after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia again, but the Spirit did not permit them to go there. There's been times the Holy Spirit has spoken to me and says, don't do that or don't go there. We need to be careful to listen. You can't say, well, you didn't tell me. Yeah, he told you. And what did you do? You didn't listen. You didn't obey what God said. And Paul was very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Luke became very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Timothy became very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And wherever they went, the Holy Spirit led them. The Holy Spirit spoke. And that should be with each one of our lives, even at the present time, right here this evening, for tomorrow morning, for the rest of the week. For the rest of the year. And then verse 80 says. So passing by Mysia. They came down to Troas. Nothing said about his party preaching at Troas. So we don't know what happened. Verse 9. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. So here he is. And there's a vision at night. And what does he see? He sees this man saying. Paul. Come over here. We need you over here. He goes on. He said, a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, come over, Macedonia, and help us. I love that. The Lord showing Paul about the men calling him to come over because they need help. 
Are you ready for that? He saw this man saying, come over to us, man. We need you. And then he says in verse 10, and after he, Paul, has seen the vision immediately, notice, immediately, we, this is the first time you guys underline it, me and Paul. The first we in the passage here in Acts. So he says, and after he had seen the vision immediately, we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Notice what he says, the importance of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the message. How Paul and Luke love to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amazing. We should be able to love it. To preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to whoever we come in contact with. Not screaming, yelling, but just sharing with them the love of Christ. Let them watch our lives. If we're truly believers, then watch my life and you'll see Christ. And then verse 11, he says, And therefore, because of this, notice we'll see a conversion here. In sailing from Troas, we ran straight course to Samothrius. And the next day he came to Neapolis. And then he says this. And from there to Philippi, notice, the city, which is foremost city of that part of Macedonia. When I went to Philippi on that trip with Chuck, my wife went with us. I couldn't believe Philippi, man. I mean, I never pictured Philippi the way I saw it. A beautiful place. Just incredible. We came from the ocean. We took a bus, and then we went to the city of Philippi. And I was sitting there with Chuck, and he says he was giving a Bible study. And you see this beautiful place where at one time Paul the apostle went there and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. So whenever I think of Philippi, that picture comes into my mind. When I think of Ephesus, I've been there so many times, that picture is right on my mind, walking down the stairs and the steps of Ephesus, where John the Beloved was there, Paul the Apostle was there for three years, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We're here to equip you with life-shaping truths from God's Word. Give us a call at 800-634-9165. You can also visit us at somebodylovesyou.com to order Raul's four-message study of the Holy Spirit and explore our other resources. Now, let's get back to more of today's lesson. Verse 13. And on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside. And where prayer was customary made, and we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. So here is Paul, and he meets this woman. Never knowing, never recognizing they're going to become friends. She's a believer. And it's just incredible the little ministry that she has down by the river, because she was pretty wealthy. She had this business going on. And God connected Paul with her because she was not only a right-on Christian, but she loved to pray. Notice where prayer was customarily made and sat down and spoke to the women who met her there. And then it says this, 14. And now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. And she was a seller of purple. That's her, a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira. Now, when you go home, read the seven churches, and the church of Thyatira is in chapter 3 of the book of Revelation. Thyatira's message, man, it's heavy when you read it. But here is a famous place. 
where it was known for his purple dye, Thyatara. He says, who worship God. The Lord opened to her and listened to the things spoken by Paul. So here is the Lord Jesus Christ setting up, opening her heart to hear the message that Paul had to give to her. Did you know God does that with you too? Prepares people to hear the message you have in giving them the message of Jesus Christ. God wants us to do that. To know that. That God gives us an ear to hear what the Holy Spirit wants to say. When you open your mouth, he will open people's ears. He will open people's ears and give them the message. Verse 15, it says that when she and her household, her whole family were baptized, she begged Luke and Paul, us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. Imagine, she saw the integrity Paul had. She had been baptized by Paul and Luke. She saw they were godly men. I mean, who would invite someone to their home not knowing them? And she says, why don't you come and stay in my home? I want you to stay. Listen, so she persuaded him. He didn't want to stay, but she persuaded us. And now it happened, verse, again, 16. As we went to prayer, the key, that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us, who brought her masters much profit for fortune-telling. These guys were using this woman that was demon-possessed as a fortune-teller. And what's incredible is the way God opens the doors and takes Paul as he has ministry going here to this woman down by the river. Now he's going up this way. And here's a girl that is demon possessed. And they have a lot of money they're making using her to make money by using the devil. He goes on again. And it happened that we went to prayer a certain girl, slave girl possessed with a spirit. Divination made us. It says, who brought her master as much profit and fortune telling. And the girl followed Paul. Now check this out. She is following behind Paul and us. And cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. She's not lying. She's speaking the truth. Now check this out. Even though she's speaking the truth, she does not accept the truth. Remember that. She speaks the truth and she doesn't accept the truth. She accepts Satan. We have to be careful with that. Because there's only one way for salvation and that's by faith in Jesus Christ through repentance. Demons don't do that. As a matter of fact, if you remember the stories in the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when Jesus prayed for someone demon-possessed and the demons came out, before they would come out, they would say, we know who you are. You're the son of the living God. And he would say, shut up and get out. And they would get out, and they would go over and possess somebody else. Demons are nothing to play with. Nothing to play with. I've dealt with demons. One time, maybe a couple times, I've dealt with demons here in America. And you know, there are people like that out there that are possessed by the devil, that control people's lives. There's oppression, there's depression, there's possession. And these are the things that we as Christians need to understand. First of all, he that is in me is greater than the heat of the world. Saint cannot possess a Christian. Get that out of your minds. He cannot. Satan dominates people's lives, and that is those that are in darkness. 
this uh, young girl was being used by the demons to make money for these guys. And then she did many days, and but Paul greatly annoyed, turned to her. He got so tired of following them and saying things. He turns around and he says, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Boom, just like that. Paul says, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. He came out immediately that very hour. And then, but when her master saw that, their hope of profit was gone. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace. Notice to the authorities, they were really mad. And now they took them to be tried. And as they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Roman, see, look, Roman law to receive obelisks. Now check this out. Paul could have said, I'm a Roman, but he didn't. I'll tell you why in a second. He didn't say that. Then the multitude got up together against them and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. As a Roman, he would have never got beaten. He was a Roman citizen. But God had this plan. God used this little girl that was demon-possessed to deliver from demonology, to have these guys come out, arrest the disciples, to put them in tried, beaten, and put in jail, because there was someone in jail in his family that needed Jesus. They could have been bitter upon those guys. What was going to happen? But they didn't. Let's read. This is so cool. And then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore out their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. He says, And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanded the jailer to keep them securely. Now, the jailer was responsible. If anybody would ever escape the jail, it would be his life. He would pay with his life. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison. He wanted to make sure. And fastened their feet in stocks. Remember how the English, they would put your neck on stocks in your hands and your feet? Well, here they are. And check this out. This is so cool. Verse 25. But at midnight... Paul and Silas were praying, singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Check this out. What a witness to the prisoners. How can they be singing and, notice, and praying when they have been beaten? How can you do that? You can only do that in Jesus Christ. Only in Jesus. When he speaks to your hearts. When he tells you what he's going to do with your life. And we see that Paul here, his men is in a beautiful situation. Verse 26. And suddenly there was a great earthquake now. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. So there's this earthquake in the prison. Immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. All of a sudden, man, everybody's free. Whoa. They can escape. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from his sleep, seeing the prison door open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword, and it's about to commit suicide. The prisoners are still there, and they see Paul and and Silas, and all of a sudden, look what it says again, verse 28. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, don't do yourself any harm. We are still here, hey, don't, we haven't got anywhere. They could have. 
It falls under perfect God's will. Notice that. We are all still here. In control. God is in control. 29. And then he called for a light. It's dark. He called for a light. He ran in and fell down trembling before Paul. So imagine, here is the one guy that's supposed to be taking care of the boss. And all of a sudden, when he comes through, he takes a throat and he runs over to Paul. He gets on his knees next to them. And check this out, verse 30. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? I love that. Underline that. Memorize that. What must I do to be saved? Who do you ever hear do that? Hey, listen. People can still do that today. Be open to the Holy Spirit. Something that God is doing in your life and through your life so that people can say, what do I have to do to be saved? Beautiful, beautiful question. In verse 31, so they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your whole family. Imagine that, faith, the answer. Now 32, I love this. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him. Notice they share the word of God with him. And to all who are in his house, the family. Amen. He took them home out of the jail, took them all home. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. Wow. Can you believe that? He takes them and he begins to clean them up. And proud the whole time, man, I am so sorry, man, this happened to you guys. And Paul saying, don't worry about it. Look what's happened. You accepted Christ. Look at your family. Not complaining, not murmuring. And he took them the same hour by night, washed their stripes, and immediately he and all his family were baptized. And now when he had brought them into his house, he says, he set food before. Can you imagine? He takes him, he cleans them up, he gives them to eat, and then he's going to take them back to jail. And notice, and he set food before them, and he rejoiced having believed in God with all his household. All his household. I love it. All his family was saved. Lord, save every family here, Lord Jesus. Please, Lord. Save every family, Lord. And when it was day, the magistrates sent the office saying, let these guys go. And so the keeper of the prison reported these words to Paul saying, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Now, therefore, depart and go in peace. And they said, now, you can leave now. But Paul said to them, they have beaten us openly, uncondemned Romans. Notice, Romans, I am a Roman. And have thrown us into prison. And not that they put us out securely. No way. Let them come themselves and throw me out. Paul says, no way, man. They're going to throw me out. They're going to know what they did was wrong. And the officers told these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid. Listen, when they heard that Paul was a Roman, (laughs) they were dealing with Romans. And then they came, and they pleaded with them, and brought them out, and asked them to depart from the city. You guys, may the Lord bless you. God bless you. Leave the city. Paul could have done so much at this city, but he didn't do to bring any accusation against anybody. He went ahead, packed his bags, and he departed. Verse 40. And so they went out of the prison, entered the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they encouraged them and departed. 
encouraging one another in the Lord. We hope it's been helpful today to learn how the Apostle Paul looked to the Lord for ministry wisdom and direction. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to hear today's lesson once again, just call us at 800-634-9165. And for a donation of $5 or more, we'll send you a complete copy of Rawls' study of Acts chapter 16. Now, as you think about the kingdom-building work God may have for you, we'd like to offer you a series outlining the Holy Spirit's pivotal role in directing your steps. Rawls' four-part study is available on either CD or a flash drive, and it's designed to enrich your faith with a stronger understanding of the Holy Spirit's place in your life as a teacher, comforter, and guide. To order this faith-building study, connect with us at somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send your four-message Holy Spirit series on a flash drive for a gift of $12 or a CD pack for $19. That number once again is 800-634-9165. You can also order by writing us at Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We are a listener-supported ministry, and we're so thankful for your generous partnership. Your tax-deductible contributions help us keep sharing the Bible's hope and wisdom. Next time, we'll continue this series reflecting on the world-changing acts of the early church. We'll get a challenge to follow the Apostle Paul's bold lead in openly sharing our faith as we point the lost and hurting to Jesus. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.